Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Friday afternoon, everyone. Tyler Harris here with you for today's VRA Investing Podcast. It was an eventful end to the week this week. Not exactly the finish that we would have liked to see, but we did get a little bit of positive action today. We Going into the open, futures were negative, but shortly after... We started to get the turn higher. We were led by small caps today. And then it looked like the tech sector wanted to follow in the small caps footsteps. But we did end up getting a less than ideal smart money hour today, which had us just finishing with the small caps today uh, as really the fear propaganda, the fear porn was out in full force today. Uh, Really, we've seen it. In, in everything from this Omicron variant, uh, despite the fact that even the doctors who discover it said that it was less deadly, maybe more transmissible, uh, despite the fact that the hospitalizations in South Africa are way lower from this variant than any other one. All of the facts that are out there, the mainstream media really took this and ran with it. And now they're getting even more reason to do so as the NFL has announced that they will be postponing games due to something like a hundred of their players testing positive for the Rona. Uh, that's, I mean, despite the NFL allegedly having close to a hundred percent vaccination rate. I mean, we've stayed, talked about this get more so than I have, but we've talked about this since day one, not just from a vaccine point of view, but from coronavirus in general. Yes, it's out there. Is it really that bad, though? Yeah, I mean, yes, if you're older and you have comorbidities, of course, be careful. But for the rest of us, we've got to continue to live our lives. It's it's here. It's with us. It's not going to pose a very big risk to any of us, uh, especially this Omicron variant. But still, they can't give up the fear porn. As we've talked about here a lot, this is the best thing that's ever happened to a lot of liberal media. It's certainly the best thing that happened to liberal media since Trump, right? Uh, they're running with that 24-7, so they had to break it up somehow, and coronavirus really came into that mix nicely. Uh, but for bureaucrats, for authoritarians, uh, the likes of Anthony Fauci and really a lot of the Democratic Party, a lot of rhinos who are just authoritarians in disguise, uh, this is the best thing that's ever happened to them. Uh, but that's been our tune here since day one. And folks, we continue to believe that, that this is just more propaganda, just like we saw with Delta. Here in Texas, with Delta, nothing changed. Uh, our, our lives stayed exactly the same while other states freaked out about it. Uh, we expect Omicron will be some of the same, although I did see Austin implementing something about a mandate. Nobody listens to those here anymore. So don't don't pay attention to the news about what you see about Austin. I guarantee you, if I were to go downtown tonight, I, I've never seen downtown in Austin as packed as it is in the last year, in 2021. Never, pre-coronavirus, never been as packed as it is now. Uh, people from all over the country coming here to visit, you know, glad to ha- take the mask off. You see them in it. And they'll be walking around and notice nobody else is doing it. You just see them kind of take it off and then go about the rest of their day, kind of just throw it off to the side. Uh, But yeah, so for anybody who lives in a blue state right now, you know, come to Texas. It's a good time to be here. I'll tell you that much. We're hopefully 
I speak for myself, but hopefully people here agree with me. We're not going to put up with that anymore here in Texas. I know Florida is exactly the same. But back to our kind of our market action on the day today. We did get a little bit of a positive note today, even with three out of our four major indexes negative. And that was a pattern change in the internals, even with the NASDAQ lower. And like I said, it fought hard to get and stay positive. It got there for a little while, fell off really pretty much flat on the day. But the NASDAQ internals were positive all day today. So that for us here, this is one of the reasons why we watch the internals. That tells us this market wants to head higher, or at least is trying to here. And as we head into year end here, the beginning of the Santa Claus rally, really just the Christmas rally in general, we continue to look for a, a strong end to this year. And putting on my narrative hat here, uh, not a technician hat, not a fundamental hat here, this seems like about the time that the Biden administration would like to call the plunge protection team. We saw Powell pull out that card this week on his rally after his speech while everybody was talking about, I mean, you saw it, that, that story is making more and more headlines of how when Powell speaks, the market drops. And I think that, you know, they're, they're onto that one now. Uh, so they had to switch that up, but for a few reasons here, they want a rally into year end. I mean, of course, have you seen the latest polling numbers? Just absolutely abysmal for the Biden administration. Unfavorable percentages outweigh favorable on every issue. And now I probably saw this as well. Coronavirus and even the main issue on everybody's mind. The top issue, uh, I believe it was in a CNBC poll, was inflation. So that's even more pressing now than, than coronavirus, even with Omicron out there as well. Um, so that's number one. The, 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 a good time to call the plunge protection team as we head into the 2022 midterms, which I think we all, ex- I'll get to that here in a second as well. But also, Jay Powell would be on board with the plunge protection team now as well. Yes, they are going to be tapering more aggressively. That was about what the market expected, though. But really, Jay Powell can't have a repeat of the 2018 December from hell where we got the very end of their rate hikes, which I have some stats on here in a second too, uh, but the market sold off heavily right up until Christmas Eve. That's, he's already on thin ice. He can't have that one again. But so on that note, here are the stats I was talking about. So keep in mind as the Fed begins their taper here. So the Fed's balance sheet is up to $8.69 trillion now up 19% since last December in just one year, 19%. That is not including, I mean, it was up even more year over year this time last year with all of the extreme measures they were taking. By the time they reached their their end of their taper in March, at their current buying pace, they will have grown the balance sheet to $9 trillion. A nice flat level to finish at there, but... For those of us who pay attention to this or are getting a little worried about it, thinking that the markets might be spooked here, something we've talked about all week, but a little more information to back that up is that the worry doesn't come at the beginning of the tightening. It comes when they're wrapping it up. So here's an example from 2014 to 2019, really mostly from 2016 to 2019, really the end of 2018. 
the Fed's balance sheet was declining. They were tapering. Then they raised rates eight times under Trump by 150 basis points. So not by a whole lot there either. Uh, as we talked about here often, they'd r- much rather do that under Republican presidents. Uh, they don't do that under Democrats. Look at Obama's time where they raised rates a whopping one time. And back to Bush where they raised rates, I think it was nine times in a row, maybe more. Uh, but during that same time period, from 2014 to 2019, the S&P rose 50%. That was before the, the December sell-off. And then after December, it was right back off of the races as well. S&P earnings grew 40%. So you see what I'm saying? You get my point here that the crash didn't come until it was done in the December of 2018. So Right now, we're still at the early stages of these policy changes, a lot of which we think they'll continue to walk back. Maybe even the taper, certainly interest rates, very unlikely for 2022. Again, going into a midterm, the the Federal Reserve is going to do everything they can. I mean, I was just reading about this today with Jimmy Carter and how Volcker did try to help ease up a little bit on Fed policy going into the midterms. But just like now, a, a red wave is really all, all but imminent at this point. But if they have a slowing economy and slow stock market growth, that's going to hurt their chances even worse. So even if the Fed can't really get things to rally like crazy going into the midterms, they're going to try to at least soften the blow. Uh, that's how we see it here. And like we've talked about as well, we're looking at the third term of Obama here. So that means that the stock market's going to slow. Or sorry, the economy is going to slow, but the stock market can continue to have steady gains. And I will say the one unfortunate part about our year-end rally that we've been talking about is that Jim Cramer joined us today by saying that as well, uh, saying uh, that he was looking for a big end of the year, looking like the lows are are in place in in like the NASDAQ. Uh, And given his track record, really not a fan of his at all anymore, especially the stuff he's come out and said that the military should get involved in the vaccination uh, status and basically that unvaccinated or third world citizens, uh, their lower class. Um, so, yeah, really done with him in general. But just this month, it was, I believe, Thursday, December 3rd. He said that it was too soon to be buying. By the next Tuesday... The Dow had rallied some 1,600 points from when he said that. Now, with this reason, it's all for getting back closer to the range of where he said that from. But if you're a trader, you just missed out on a pretty big move there, massive move. Uh, So we don't like being on the same side of him here now, but we continue. We're not going to let that dissuade our view of a rally into year end here. So let's take a look at our market action on the day to day. As I mentioned earlier, small caps led, and it really wasn't just small caps. It was a lot of the most beaten up names that we've seen as well. Some of the most oversold names, not, I mean, some of these did just happen to be stay at home names, but not all of them. I mean, AMC had been beaten up pretty badly. It was pretty oversold, now up 20% today. A lot of the buzz names, really, that's what we'll probably call it, kind of the, the meme stocks. Peloton, up 6.5%. Uber, up 5.5%. Palantir, up 3.7%. So a lot of these lag, recently lagging names starting to, to, you know, they still got a long way to go, but 
interesting pattern change here as well. So something to keep an eye on. And with small caps leading, also kind of ties into the most beaten up names. Small caps has been our most beaten up index. But like I said, up 1% on the day to 2,173. Uh, we were followed there by the NASDAQ. Like I said earlier, did get positive for a little while today. Really about flat on the close, down 0.07% to 15,169. Next up, the S&P 500 down just over 1% to 4,620. And lastly, the Dow down just under 1.5% to 35,365. Looking at our internals on the day, as I said here earlier, I mean, not fantastic numbers, nothing to write home about, but an interesting pattern change to get NASDAQ internals finishing positive on a day where the NASDAQ did finish lower. That's not what we have seen. So advancing stocks, beating out declining stocks on the NASDAQ, not by a whole lot. They did come back negative for the NYSE. Then new 52-week highs to lows. Certainly not ideal here. We are above the lows that we've seen over the last couple of weeks, talking about 52-week lows being in the six to 700 range. Today, it was 439 stocks hitting two new 52-week lows. So again, not what you want to see. Was better than what we've seen the last couple of weeks, but we talk about this year a lot as well. This is a lagging indicator. Uh, you know, if stocks didn't close at those levels, they still get counted, but also been so heavily not manipulated intentionally, but with the, the counting of SPACs and the way that those work with the contracts and warrants, they get counted multiple times. So it does skew a little bit, um, both to the upside and to the downside. Certainly, we want to see more improvement here. That's not to discount what this indicator means, but just a, kind of a disclaimer there. Uh, then volume today coming back solidly positive for the NASDAQ. So again, good to see advanced decline and volume positive on the NASDAQ. Did come in pretty significantly negative for the NYSE, though. Looking at our sectors on the day, if you just saw this, you probably would have thought it was a bloodbath. All 11 S&P 500 sectors finished in the red today. We were led, if you want to call it that, by real estate down three tenths of 1%, but earlier in the session did hit an all-time high there again as well, followed by consumer discretionary, tech, and healthcare. Our laggards on the day were financials and energy as oil sold off here today. Again, a lot of that, I mean, maybe you could say, again, some of the stay-at-home names on Omicron fears. I'm not going to say it's about Omicron specifically, just the fear, um, but saw that in oil as well. Like I said, uh, you know, when we have lockdown-esque scenarios, oil gets hit pretty hard. So finally for today, let's take a look at that, our VRA commodity watch. Not a whole lot of green here either. Gold basically flat on the day, higher now by just 0.05% to 1,799 an ounce. Silver now down four tenths of 1% to $22.39 an ounce. And really, silver right up here at a support line that is held going back to July of last year. We saw that run up in the summer of 2020 that got silver to just, all, just under $30 an ounce. And this, this range here in about the 22, maybe just slightly below range, has served as significant support. Really hadn't gone any lower than that. Uh, since July of last year. Uh, so we're, we're big fans here. So we want to see these support levels hold. It would make a nice base for the next 
move higher here. I'd like to get some life going back into this group. Copper down as well by just over four tenths of 1% to $4.28 a pound. Oil, as I mentioned earlier, down pretty big, 2.69%, holding on to $70 a barrel at $70.43 a barrel. And lastly today, Bitcoin down on the day, not quite as bad as some of the other cryptos, but still down 2.9% to $46,567 a Bitcoin. Folks, that's all that we have time for here today. Please be sure to subscribe to receive our VRA podcast every day at the market close. You can sign up at VRAinsider.com. Click the podcast link at the top, and we'd love to have you with us. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, have a great weekend. We'll see you back here on Monday for the close.